Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 48, Light. Guys, I saw that some of you followed me on Instagram, which is so exciting because I feel like the majority of the people that I have following me on Instagram, I'm not really sure if they just are following me or if they actually listen to the podcast. And I feel like since I saw kind of a wave of you following me this this week, um, it was nice to know that I think that that came from last week's episode and therefore the people following me are actually the ones listening to me. So that was so great for me to see. I would love to connect with you and interact with you on there. So keep watching for what I post and I'll try it. I'm not the greatest at social media and being consistent, but I really would like to try because I really want, my goal isn't to just get a ton of followers or anything like that, because really, honestly, I'm not putting forth like this really great religious content. I just want to get to know the people who are listening to me. And I I do think that that is one of my goals is to start putting um, out more quality content that really um, can help you religiously. But right now, my goal is just to get to know you and for for me to feel like I know you and for you to feel like you know me. So I love seeing you on there and I love seeing your shares and all of that great stuff. So thank you so much. Uh, my Instagram handle is come follow me underscore with Brie. So I'm excited to meet some of you guys on there. And really quick, I would love to know, I, I kind of want to start doing this because I just love looking like I've talked about before. I love looking at my little map and who's listening. And I have a couple of listeners in New Zealand. And I kind of want to start talking about the different countries that are listening because I think it's just so cool that we are all connected in this way. So if whoever's in New Zealand is listening, contact me this week and um, let me know who you are and, and why you listen and, you know, just about you so that we can learn more about you and what who is involved in this community. So email me at Brianne, B-R-I-A-N-N-E dot Heiner, H-E-I-N-E-R at gmail.com and we can get a conversation going. All right, guys, this section is a doozy. There is so much stuff in it and I could not possibly cover all of it in a little episode here. So I really encourage you to make sure that this week, especially you carefully like leave yourself some time and thoughtfully read through this section. There is just so much peace and light on so many different topics and each verse truly there is so much to think about and so many layers to peel back and so much to feed your soul. If you remember from last week's section 87, is the section about wars that will be poured out upon the earth from the civil war until now and in the future. So after that, you can imagine that the saints needed some peace. And two days after that war prophecy, we get the prophecy, this one that we're talking about this week, section 88, that Joseph Smith dubbed as the olive leaf. And I'm sure you've heard the phrase, this is this is my olive branch. Olive leaves and olive branches originate from ancient Greece, and they were a symbol of peace in mythology. And I just love thinking about the pattern of these two sections being right next to each other and being so close in the the timeline of when the revelations were received. I know I think about how our country in the United States has felt and is still feeling over the past few years, and it feels a little unnerving and like you don't quite know what the future holds. And at that time, when this revelation was revealed, The Civil War did seem as though it was about to break out, so I'm sure that there were plenty of anxious feelings happening, especially concerning what Section 87 had revealed to them about the wars. So as you're reading Section 88, I want you to notice how incredibly peaceful the section is, 
Everything is just reminding us that everything is in his hands and everything is going to be okay. This section talked about so many things that I'm not even going to try and give you a summary of everything that's in it other than to just tell you to go read it. The part that I want to focus on today is the concept of light. As we know, the Savior talks a lot about light, not just in this section, but in the Book of Mormon and throughout the Doctrine and Covenants, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. It is one of the primary symbols that the Savior uses to communicate his identity to us who he is, and how we can feel his presence. Through the symbol of light, the Savior is trying to teach us how to find him. In verse 3 of this section, it says, Wherefore, I now send upon you another comforter, even upon you, my friends, that it may abide in your hearts, even the Holy Spirit of promise, which other comforter is the same that I promised unto my disciples, as it is recorded in the testimony of John. Now, I just want to remind you what the Holy Spirit of promise is. Bruce R. McConkie said, The Holy Spirit of promise is the Holy Spirit promised to the saints, or in other words, the Holy Ghost. This name title is used in a connection with the sealing and ratifying power of the Holy Ghost. That is the power given him to ratify and approve the righteous acts of men so that those acts will be binding on earth and in heaven. All covenants, contracts, bonds, obligations, oaths, vows, performances, connections, associations, or expectations must be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise if they are to have efficacy, virtue, or force in and after the resurrection from the dead. For all contracts that are not made unto this end have an end where men are dead. So what I like to think about is the Holy Spirit of promise is like the Holy Ghost has the the authorization or the authority to to sign a contract. So if you have a contract and you give it to someone and they accept it verbally, that contract isn't binding. It's It's not legal. And so in order for that contract to be legal, it has to be signed by the people involved in the contract. And so the Holy Spirit of promise to me is like, the signature that's required in order to make a contract have effect. So why does the Lord describe this special purpose of the Holy Ghost as the Holy Spirit of promise as our comforter? So why is the Holy Spirit of promise our comforter? Think about the verse that we learned about last week. It says, I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say, but when you do not what I say, ye have no promise. How does the Lord being bound to keep his promises, fulfill all his words, bring us peace? We know what we can expect if we keep our end of the bargain. It is already determined that the Lord will keep his end, so the only variable is you. And when those covenants are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, it is ratified and approved so that those acts, your acts, will be binding on earth and in heaven. So doesn't that give you peace that those covenants and righteous acts that you participate in throughout your life are sealed with the comforting gift of the Holy Spirit of promise, a promise of eternal life, a promise of the fullness of joy and never ending growth. So to continue with these verses, verse four says, this comforter is the promise which I give unto you of eternal life, even the glory of the celestial kingdom, which glory is that of the church of the firstborn, even of God, the holiest of all through Jesus Christ, his son. He that ascendeth up on high, as also he descendeth below all things, in that he might comprehendeth all things, that he might be in and through all things, the light of truth, which truth shineth, this is the light of Christ. Don't you love that phrase, that he might be in and through all things? 
Let's remember what Alma said to Korahor in Alma chapter 30, verse 44. The scriptures are laid before thee, yea, and all things denote that there is a God, yea, even the earth and all things that are upon the face of it, yea, and its motion, yea, and also the planets which move in their regular form do witness that there is a supreme creator. I know that you guys have experienced this. I've experienced this. When I walk outside and I'm focused and I'm I'm really thinking rather than just going about my day and breathe in the earth and its miraculousness, I can feel God in it. And sometimes I think in wonder, how could all of this be except God is there and in all things? It's too perfect and too beautiful. What was created first, a honeybee or a flower? Both are dependent on each other. Both work in perfect harmony. How incredible is it that we have a complete, diverse earth that just like the flower and the honeybee, works in perfect, incredible, crazy harmony with rivers and springs and lakes perfectly equipped to handle the entire world full of people that we live at the most ideal distance from a heat and light source that enables life. How impossible is the development of a human being that 99% of the time we come to this earth with perfectly functioning bodies, Bodies that have organs like the heart and the lungs that move continuously throughout our life. Bodies that even when they are sick, try to heal us. In verse 7, As also he is in the sun, and the light of the sun, and the power thereof by which it was made. And also he is in the moon, and the light of the moon, and the power thereof by which it was made. And also the light of the stars, and the power thereof by which they were made. And the earth also, and the power thereof, even the earth upon which you stand. And the light which shineth, which giveth you light, is through him who enlighteneth your eyes, which is the same light that quickeneth your understandings, which light proceedeth forth from the presence of God to fill the immensity of space. The light which is in all things, which giveth life to all things, which is the law by which all things are governed, even the power of God who sitteth upon his throne, who is in the bosom of eternity, who is in the midst of all things. And then next in this section, the Lord talks about the different kingdoms, the celestial, the terrestrial, and the telestial, and that each one is given glory because light exists in all of them. That all that receive any of the light of the Lord will receive the degree of glory that they were willing to accept. Think about that. Even some of the most wicked people who have ever lived on the earth will still be touched by the light of Christ. Even the telestial kingdom has a glory of its own a law that those people were willing to abide by. The only people who will not have light and love surrounding them are those who weren't willing to accept any of it and will be cast into a place that is literally called outer darkness, a place where light does not exist, a place that the Lord has said that not any of us can even begin to comprehend and that the only people who will ever comprehend it are those who experience it. It is a place that hopefully none of us will ever see. Hopefully we won't ever comprehend it. Now, aside from those who do qualify for that, think about how comforting it is that light exists everywhere else. The only place that will exist without light is a place that we will never see. We will never comprehend. We will never understand the depth and the breadth of it. Think about how comforting and peaceful that is, assuming that we don't become one of those those sons or daughters of perdition 
we will never ever experience a moment or a place that cannot access the light of Christ. It says in verse 63, draw nearer to me and I will draw near unto you. Seek me diligently and you shall find me. Ask and you shall receive and knock and it shall be opened unto you. Second Nephi chapter 28 verses 31 through 32 says, Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men. For notwithstanding, I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. Even in your darkest moments, if you draw near to him, he has promised that he will draw near unto you. That if you seek him diligently, no matter where you are, no matter how dark a cave you feel that you are in, he promises you that you shall find him. His arm is lengthened out toward you all the moments of your life. And all you have to do is grab on and hold tight. Because with that light, we are told in this section in verse 67, And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. So that sounds like exaltation, right? So that's our ultimate goal, that our bodies will be filled with light and there shall be no darkness in us. We are told that men are that they might have joy, that eternal life is to experience the quality of life that God experiences, to enter into a never-ending state of happiness. That joy comes from the potential that we have to have our whole bodies be filled with light, that we are purified by the Son of God, who can defeat all darkness within us if we choose to allow ourselves to have an eye single to the glory of God. But how? How can we do that? How can we be so perfectly focused on the glory of God that we forget ourselves? It feels pretty impossible, right? And I think it's important that we remember that he does not expect us to be there yet. Be ye therefore perfect eventually. How do we get there eventually? It's through him. It's through relying on him to take from your heart the darkness that we all carry, to purify your heart and your mind through the continual use of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The Savior, as always, was the perfect example of this. Everything he ever did was to do the will of the Father that he might bring glory to the Father. He said, I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. He also said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. It was always the Father's will and the Father's glory. The possibility of being filled with this light that can defeat all darkness comes through doing as President Nelson has reminded us to do. Let God prevail in your life. Submit to all things and let your will be swallowed up in God's, which is pretty smart considering he knows exactly what your perfect path is to receive that fullness of light, that fullness of joy. Verse 41 in this section, he comprehendeth all things and all things are before him and all things are round about him and he is above all things and in all things and through all things and is round about all things and all things are by him and of him even God forever and ever. And again, verily I say unto you, he hath given a law unto all things by which they move in their times and in their seasons and their courses are fixed, even the courses of the heavens and the earth which comprehend the earth and all the planets. And they give light unto each other in their times and in their seasons, in their minutes, in their hours, in their days, in their weeks, in their months, and in their years. 
The earth rolls up her wings, and the sun giveth light by day, and the moon giveth her light by night, and the stars also give their light, as they roll up their wings in their glory in the midst of the power of God. Behold, all these are kingdoms, and any man who hath seen any or the least of these hath seen God moving in his majesty and power. I say unto you, he hath seen him. Nevertheless, he who came unto his own was not comprehended. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Nevertheless, the day shall come when you shall comprehend even God, being quickened in him and by him. Then ye shall know that ye have seen me, and I am, and that I am the true light that is in you, and that you are in me. Going back to what Alma said, all things denote that there is a God. All things physical are spiritual. All things typify Christ. God is everywhere and in everything. It says that the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it not. We need that light within us to be strong so that the darkness that's in us doesn't blind us from the fact that as we look around our world, all things denote that there is a God. Verse 47, Behold, all these are kingdoms, and any man who hath seen any or the least of these hath seen God moving in his majesty and power. We just need to have eyes to see, and we will see God in all things. We have all seen God moving in his majesty and power all around us and in us. The darkest, most evil corners of the earth are not untouched by his light. He is the true light that is in you and in every good part of humanity no matter how buried. Christ declared, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you know what one of the most important vitamin levels to maintain in your body if you don't want to get severely ill? It's vitamin D. Vitamin D is found in food, but one of the most important necessary ways to get vitamin D is to go outside in the sun. Vitamin D is a hormone produced by the body when our skin is exposed to the UVB rays from the sun. The literal physical light that creates and sustains life here on earth is also one of the most important things that can keep you healthy. Christ said, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And we are all in a cycle of sickness throughout our life. And what do we need? We need our dose of vitamin D the light of the world, Jesus Christ. I want to end with Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse 40. It says, Light cleaveth unto light. Think of the absolute physical reality of that statement. Anywhere touched by light literally cannot remain dark. Darkness is the complete absence of light. If there is even a tiny sliver of light that creeps in, it is no longer darkness. It cannot win. It cannot snuff out the light. But reverse that thought? What if darkness tried to encroach on light? It's not even possible. It has no chance because the tiniest sliver of light cancels it out. It's the same with you. I don't care how down on yourself you are. You have light in you. And this isn't light that you have created in you because you in and of yourself are so special. It is the light that the Creator Himself gave you, because He is light. Your soul is not in darkness, and as long as that light exists, that darkness has only as much power as you give it. That light is Him. He is the light of the world. 
And if you follow him, you shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That life that is truly and eternally found by losing ourselves for his sake and for his glory. Verse 107 says, The saints shall be filled with his glory and receive their inheritance and be made equal with him. And I think that that's because we are entirely filled with the light of Christ, just as he is. The gospel is light and love and peace. John three sixteen through 17 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, is what saves us, is what cancels out the darkness and makes us whole. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ.